So this is a slight addition to our wellness insight on Minding the Middle. You will catch the second part of it after we get through this one, uh, where we talk about kind of health and fitness and address the bell curve of that and just the different extremes. But we also, as we're coming on and revamping Clinically Pressed here a little bit, more to come here shortly on that, uh, I want to talk about just like leadership concepts and just differing things when it comes to that and how this concept of minding the middle fits so well in that concept of leadership and working with people and how to make things just generally work better both as a professional or a student or even just day-to-day working with anybody Um, and so really this minding the middle kind of comes back to that same concept that we talked about before and you'll hear again here um, in a few minutes is you know there is probably a time and a place for almost any way to interact with people for thoughts and ideas Um, obviously there are some very very extreme ones that are probably not going to fit nor work um, generally in any given society organization or whatever it may be but that fringe idea could play in one time. How you interact with the specific person could be a little unique from time to time. Um, but it seems like in the world, again, the further the idea is out there, it has to be then countered by somebody else who has an idea that's just as out there, but on the opposite side. And really, in working with a lot of people, I think it's important for a leader to be able to mine that middle ground. And while, yes, you should have your own convictions and your own thoughts and ideas, absolutely, it's also your job, especially if you're looking at being a transformational leader, um, we'll combine that in with some servant leadership, to be able to ebb and flow and balance out to your staff. There's a delicate balance of give and take there where, you know, your staff is conforming to what you do and how you want to run things, but you also have to be able to modify how you go about it to work with them and their thoughts and their practices and what they want to accomplish. And so being able to kind of stay in that middle and understand that not everything's going to fit into this neat little worldview that anybody specifically has, but be able to flow from side to side, um, especially kind of in this middle ground, it's going to be so important uh, to be able to work with a large group of individuals and be productive with those. And just because you don't agree on everything doesn't mean that it can't be a good working relationship and everything can be um, good there. It doesn't mean if a employee um, of a person in a position of power or a leader, you know, doesn't always agree with what you do, that they are a bad employee or you can't work with them. And so really taking this concept of minding the middle and understanding there's probably a large percentage of the population that you work with or just in general that falls somewhere in there where they may, may go one side to the other, absolutely. Um, but then also having those more extremes and where they go from there is something to keep in mind and that could be uh, something to keep 
in good ideals with that that there may be that time and place for it but again being able to stay think through that middle area that 68 percent and change that is really going to potentially have a big impact on what can be done um, while still looking at those extremes so it just this was just another kind of applying the same concept to this minding the middle um, thought to leadership to also then tie it right back into the wellness and fitness as is coming up we'll have more on this type of thing coming uh, we've got a special guest that's going to talk about this at some point in the future so please keep checking back uh, hope you enjoy it some new stuff coming here very very shortly we're excited to get that out to you all so with that please enjoy the rest of this wellness insight and we'll talk to you all soon Welcome to this clinically pressed wellness insight. Uh, this insight we are calling Minding the Middle. And we're trying to talk about health and fitness. Uh, just spending more time online uh, with digital media recently due to COVID and just seeing more things out there. It always gets me back to thinking about the extremes that we see when it comes to health and fitness and that it seems that it has to be, in a lot of people's eyes, only one thing really can be the thing that fixes your diet, fixes your health, makes you get in shape. The, you know, it just it's the best of the best and always is. And I've always struggled with that and have learned over my career that that is not the case because if that was, then everybody would be doing it. We wouldn't keep coming up with new things and essentially it would be it and done and that would be all that it is. But that never is how it actually works out. And so just a, this is almost just like a friendly reminder of, you know, we have to look at this world of extremes and there's a place for almost everything. Now there is some crook and snake oil types of stuff out there. Uh, absolutely. But for the most part, you know, things have a place and that can be different for everybody. And that's okay that it's different for everybody. Um, the ketogenic diet, as an example, it may not be a solution for everyone, but it may be a an extremely powerful solution for a select few or potentially very many. Um, when you're looking at helping with cancer treatments and the ketogenic diet, that doesn't apply to everyone, but man, for those that need it, it is perfect. And that's good. Um, kind of the same thing with fitness, you know, going out there and looking at the different things that depending on your goals and what you're trying to do, there might be certain things that fit for you. But there might be certain other things that might not fit for you. And we have to be okay with the fact that we don't have to fit into the niche of what somebody's trying to sell us or get us to do. Um, really, and this is hard, I don't sell a lot of things. I'm not very good at selling a lot of things. Um, but trying to look at, you know, are people saying that, like, to me, it's here's an option. Here's why we think it works. Here's how we're going to make it work for you is something more powerful than this is the thing. This is what's going to work for everybody. This is what fixes so many things. And really, that's something to pay attention to. So are people actually trying to help you and improve what you're doing? Or are they just trying to sell you something? Uh, really, I took a statistics course recently and the idea of the bell curve and distribution came up and when you really look at the bell curve and if you go to the video of this there's a picture on there but it's very easy to google 68 
or so percent to live right in the middle or with one within one standard deviation. You take that out a little bit more, and you're looking at adding another 27.2%. So really at the extreme ends, we're looking at 4.4% of these outliers where some of these things really can benefit them and take them to the next level in their health or their fitness or a specific supplement to help take them over the edge uh, for whatever it may be. You know, people will talk about um, looking at the extremes of high level professional athletes and some of the things they do to help their body. And then if you look at the research, it shows that there's only a small amount of potential improvement with those. Well, for somebody that's operating at that high a level on the end on the outside of this bell curve, that can be what sets the difference because they already have so many percentage points of what they have focus on to hit the big things that a 1% increase could mean all the world to them. Whereas a 1% increase for myself is an improvement, absolutely. But is there other things I can look at that can get me a 4 or 5% increase that aren't you know, super expensive or anything like that in terms of some of the different technologies and things that are out there. So this comes back to, for me, looking at the evidence-based paradigm in terms of how you're using some stuff. And really, for a consumer, this can be overwhelming depending on how scientific you are or want to get. But looking at, is there actual evidence out there? Google Scholar is a great resource. It's not that you need to go in and read all these journal articles because that can be daunting in and of itself, but it is something you could take a look at to see if there's actually evidence out there. Examine.com does a great job of summarizing all the research, especially when it comes to supplements. Highly recommend checking them out. But then looking at expertise. Expertise and experience are very different. I don't think everyone in the health and fitness world needs to have a PhD. I don't think that is a necessity, but I also think they need to demonstrate that they've done something more than just signed up to, in a mid-level marketing system to sell supplements or shakes or an exercise program or whatever it may be. If it works for them, that's great, but what are they doing to back up those claims? And again, that doesn't necessarily have to be traditional schooling in the world we live in now with the instant, instant access to so much good data and bad data to say that you can really teach yourself a lot and have an impact without having to have gone through traditional school and spend 10 years trying to obtain all your different degrees to get to that. Does it help? I think so. It demonstrates a respect for the knowledge and the desire to get deep down and not just look at the surface claims because some of these people when they start talking to you about nutrition don't know necessarily all the underlying science whereas others who have spent the time doing it and even are teaching it really can get deep into that data and that information and that can be reassuring for people um, when you're looking to buy things from them but that's not necessarily to say that somebody that has a phd in something is always credible in what they're trying to sell you you always have to be aware of that and then look at personal values you know what is important to you how much are you willing to spend for something that may or may not be a panacea or something that really helps you out versus going and looking at things that have been proven to have general benefits that are a good starting point and hopefully aren't super costly to you. There's a lot you can do in nutrition and fitness and performance that don't have to cost a ton of money. And I think that gets lost in the glitz and the glam of everything that is out there today.
And then one other thing that I always take a look at and kind of trying to mind the middle with some of these things is, you know, if you're looking at stuff of what people are selling, and that could be fitness or nutrition, um, is it a product or is it education? Because for me, looking at some, and again, this is kind of a blanket, but it's hard to be overly specific just given the nature of things. But if they're selling you a product, that doesn't necessarily mean they've got their best interest in mind. They're trying to just sell you a product. Now that product could be really, really good and be the thing that helps your health and your um, fitness and your wellness and whatever it may be. And that's perfect if it is. Whereas if they're selling you education, sure, they're still selling you something, but it's giving a set of tools that you can now go and apply to the rest of your life in order to get something accomplished in your health and your fitness and everything with that. It's not necessarily one time you purchase it and then you have to keep purchasing it. You gain the education, you get that um, information, and now you can apply that over and over and over and uh, refer back to it, add on more information as you get through it. And all of that, I think, really is beneficial and gives you a locus of control to help on your health and fitness improvement journey. So, again, kind of the thought of this and minding the middle is, you know, just watching the extremes. They can be really good, but again, if something were that good, we'd all be doing it, and that would be the end of it. That hasn't occurred yet. Um, some very smart people on this is there's really nothing new that's being invented you know, on a day-to-day -day basis with all of this stuff, it's just getting repackaged and combined to potentially make it more efficient. So that's something to keep in mind too. A lot of it you can find without having to then go and fully purchase or whatever it may be, something that is quote-unquote new. So really try and stick to the basics. The basics are fine. It's going to work for a vast majority of people. When you get to a higher level, then it's something to talk about looking at different things that might really truly take you up just that percentage point that you need to compete at the highest level uh, but that's a different conversation for a different day as always if you have questions please feel free to reach out to us on social media uh, hope everybody's doing well enjoying the summer and we will talk to you all soon